Welcome to Random Thoughts Podcast, a show that discusses a variety of topics. I'm your host, David Polikoff. Hello, and welcome to my third installment of Random Thoughts Podcast. Um, to all the people that have uh, downloaded and listened to it, I appreciate it. And again, this is just a, a podcast that uh, just kind of things that cross my mind that I want to know a little bit about. And I feel that if I want to know a little bit about it, I, I can't be the only one in the world. So, um, and again, this kind of deviates from what uh, the other stuff that I do with the fire department. It really has nothing to do with the fire department, although the people that I talk to in some way or another have a connection to the fire department. So today we're going to talk to uh, a good friend of mine that I've known for almost 11 years, uh, Tracy Norman, who uh, cuts hair, but she does a lot more than that. Um, And she used to be in a shop that literally was directly across the street from our firehouse. When I say directly across the street, I mean something of a road that was probably about 20 feet wide. And uh, she spent a lot of time coming over to our firehouse and eating dinner with us as we would go over there. And in between her breaks, she would cut uh, cut the guy's hairs um, free of charge, which was actually pretty cool. And to be able to have our hair cut by somebody that's, um, when I say a true professional, that has actually had um, professional people in her chair uh, cutting their hair um, is, uh, is, is pretty neat. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, Tracy, welcome to uh, my Random Thoughts podcast. And uh, before we start uh, getting into all this, give me a little bit of history about yourself. Tell us, tell everybody who you are and uh, the little bit of history behind how you got to where you are today. Okay. Uh, well, I'm born and raised Honolulu, Hawaii, which is the best place in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and then when I was 14, I moved out here to Maryland. And since then, I've lived in L.A. for a few years and back here in Maryland now. Um, I got started. Actually, my mom took me to a trade show. And, uh, of course, I hated it because I was a little kid in Hawaii, right? And you have no patience for any type of professional stuff there. But I heard this guy on the loudspeaker talking so of course you know being curious I ran over there and it's a guy cutting hair on stage Mm -hmm. and I was like wow kind of like Wayne's World when he saw that white guitar right you know that's kind of the moment I had so of course me being me I just go up and cut through everybody and go to the front of the stage as the guy's on stage and I go hey hey and he looks at me I go can you cut my hair next he was like uh yeah. And I was like, okay. So I stared him down <laughs> until he finished. Then I crawled up on the stage and he cut my hair and I had like a bob and it was, I don't remember. I was in, it was right before sixth grade. So God only knows uh, when that was. You had to be probably about 11 years old. Yeah. So he takes my haircut from a bob and gives me a short haircut because that's when like that came in. It was kind of the Pat Benatar, right? We won't talk about how old we are. Yeah, no, no, no. There's (laughs) no need for that. (laughs) So he hands me a mirror and I was just like, (gasps) but I loved the experience. So my mom saved up her money. She would take me to this guy's salon. It was a Paul Mitchell salon. And I'll never forget the smell of the watermelon hairspray Mm -hmm. and the coconut mousse, you know, and I just I loved everything about it. So he would cut my hair and then I was a model in a magazine or a hair book um, when I was a little kid. I wish I knew where that was. I'd love to see. Right. Because I was such a dork. Yeah, you you changed from from then to now. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a bad baby Madonna too. (laughs) But so that's how I got into it. I just like, I just loved everything about it. And I can't remember that guy's name either. And I wish I could because I'd love to find him and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you inspired my career. And because of you, I've had a phenomenal life doing what I do. So would you say that from that age, at maybe age 11, 12-ish was when you said, this is what I want to do oh, yeah. when I grow up? Yep. Um, and, and unlike, or not unlike firefighters who they, they get this calling at a young age it's like you know they see the fire engine all kids love fire engines right um but there's those few that look at this and that's what i want to do and i was the same way by seventh grade i knew what i wanted to do when i when i grew up but as you know as firefighters we never grow up 
Yeah. And neither did you. <laughs> no, definitely not. But it's kind of cool that that you 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 know you you went to this trade show and you saw something and it was just like you know the light and the whole it type was. of moment, <laughs> and uh, and and you got you got your hair cut. Now, why was your mom at the trade show? Did she, did she cut hair? No, she was. I'm not. I think she was like into secretarial work. And I guess she must not have liked her job and wanted to go see what else was out there. I never asked. I was self-absorbed in right. my moment. <laughs> and I did meet your mom. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, so you get your start. You get. You look at that. That's this. Uh, this moment. You know, when, when you're in Hawaii or 11 years old. And a lot of kids. Like I have two kids, and neither one of them know what the hell they want to do when they grow up. Um, <laughs> but you and I, you know, at, at, from the age of like 12 ish, we we was like, that's what I'm going to do, and yeah. that's what we did. Yep. Um, which is pretty cool because. When you find something that you love, and what's the old saying? You know, if you if you if you find something you love, you never work a day of your life or right, whatever. And, right. and uh, I don't think you approach this as work because you have a good time when you come to work. I've walked into your salon several times, and and I know that uh, that you have a good time when you work. Because yeah. uh, if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. Exactly. Um, so let's fast forward. So where was your first job? Was it like a hair cuttery or something like that, or? So my first job was... Well, actually, let's, let's start before that. You had to go to school. Obviously, you have to get a license in order to do that. So did you oh, just start cutting hair on your Barbie dolls, on your friends? Yeah. Or, so, so My own bangs. Oof. I gave my... Oof. <laughs> Man, my poor mom had to give me the the like the old man comb over right. for my third grade picture because I cut a bald spot in the top of my head trying to trim my bangs evenly. Right. Okay. <laughs> was, yeah, you make that, that mistake once. Right. <laughs> did she ever have to do the bowl cut to fix whatever you did? She would cut my hair before, I guess it was before that trade show. She cut my hair all mm-hmm. the time and she's the one who gave me the bob. And I'll never forget the first time she sat in my chair as a professional, and I looked at her and I go, "Remember all those bad haircuts you gave me?" <laughs> my turn. I go, "My turn, paybacks." And she f- frantically, panically goes, "I did the best I could. I did the best I could," which of course made me crack up laughing. I was right. like, "Just kidding." Of course you're gonna give your mom a good haircut. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> so, so where was your first job? So my first job, I was 15. I had been in a lot of trouble. Um, do we want to go down that route? It's up to you. So I got arrested for Grand Theft Auto okay. when yep. I was 15. Okay. And uh, I had stole a bunch of cars, but that's just because people left the keys in. I mean, it was a different time then, you know? And I always returned them. And this was in Maryland. This is in Maryland, okay. yeah. Where we are now, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, so I stole this one car, and I got pulled over, and I didn't know what to do. I was 15, like two weeks into it. And I didn't have my lights on because, you know, I don't know how to drive. Right. So, I mean, I was a good driver, but I just didn't know the rules and everything else, like, you know, lights and all that stuff. Don't steal The car. necessities. Yeah, don't steal cars. Um, and so as soon as the cop got to my window, I just hit the pedal to the metal and I was out of there. This happened at Veers Mill in 355. Okay, in Rockville. Yeah. So <laughs> then I... Um, there's all these cop cars behind me, and I'm jamming to Def Leppard. <laughs> that tape was in the car. Right. <laughs> so I I see too many cops coming towards me and behind me, so I saw a road to my right, so I just crank the wheel, and of course it's the dump, and what do I do? I smash right into the wall. Hmm. So... Um, I get out, all the guns are drawn and everything. Love Bites is on the radio, and I just start laughing. I go, relax, guys. So that took me on a path of realizing that there are consequences to your actions, and I thought, you know what, maybe maybe it's time to not be such an ass. Right. So that actually did the best thing in the entire world for me because I got locked up for a month and a half, and I realized, hey, this isn't really what I like. I don't like to be told what to do. And all this time schedule stuff, as you know, mm-hmm. I don't like authority. Mm-hmm. So you don't like mornings either. But. I don't like mornings <clears throat> either. No. So um, that that made me um, that put me on a different path. And when I went to court, the judge said, "Do you want to go to school? Because if you don't, you better get a job." So I said, "Well, I'm going to get a job." So there was uh, a hair pair, is what it was called, mm-hmm. among. Um, uh, Congressional Plaza, and I had lived right there. So I walked over and I walked in and I asked the lady, I said, Hi, I want to be a hairdresser one day. I don't know anything about it, but 
if you let me work here, I'll do anything. I'll sweep the floors, I'll scrub the toilets, I don't care, I just wanna work here. And she said, let me think about it, come back tomorrow. I came back the next day, she said, okay, I decided you can work here. And that's kind of when I started in salons. So I was a shampoo girl for several years. Um, I ended up at a place called Hair That Rocks. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of the super fun rock star life. Right. Um, I worked with him for years. And then when I was 19, I went to hair school. So uh, that took about nine months. And for this degenerate that I have always been, I got A's across the board. So it was kind of a proud moment. Something you like. It's Yeah. It just proves that you really do apply yourself to what you love. So... Um, so that's when I became a hairdresser. I was at 20 years old. And did I deviate from the question? No. I don't even remember no. what the question the was. The whole question was, <laughs> where did you get your first job and how did you get started? Oh, so hair pair. That yeah. was my first job. And that yeah. lady took a, took a gamble. She and, took and a, a chance, yeah. Shanaz was her name. Shanaz? Does Shanaz. she still work? You know? I have no idea. No, I totally lost track of her. I have no idea where she is. Well, Shanaz, if you're listening, Tracy, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another you. person. Absolutely. All you need is one person to believe in you. I, I agree. That's it. And, you know, the cool thing is is that, that, that you took a chance on you. And obviously when you start at, at a hair salon, it's like anything else. You start at the bottom and yeah. you got to work. You, you do the crap jobs and you're sweeping the hair up. And, you know, being a shampoo girl, I mean, everybody likes to get their hair shampooed. I take my son to uh, to his – it's a it's a, a guy's well, – we don't call them salons, but a place where he gets his hair cut. But it's all women. And, uh, it's a gentleman's. It's a gentleman's club. <laughs> gentleman's Not a gentleman's club, club but uh, <laughs> he gets his hair cut. I get my hair cut there too, and and uh, he likes getting his hair, his the shampoo down. And uh, heck yeah, yeah, that's probably the best thing. So, it but, is. Yeah, you know, so, but uh, that that's kind of cool that that you know you, you started off as like, hey, you know what, my aha, your aha moment was. Maybe I don't want to go to jail, <laughs> stay in jail. Yeah. Maybe I need to, uh, to to apply myself somewhere else. So, you, you know, at least you found out when you were a minor as opposed to being 18 years old. It could have been a lot different. Oh, yeah. So, but. Uh, Small blessings. So, fast forward, you, you, you worked in Hair That Rocks. How long did you work there? I worked there for probably at least five years. Okay. So, yeah. and you build your clientele up. How hard is it to build the clientele up? I mean, I know when you first start off it's like hey the drop-ins or whatever and you know hey Tracy's free and she can go cut your hair and obviously yeah. you, you have to come up with the chit-chat I always find that got to be the hardest thing is to come up with chit-chat to people you know and reading them is like does this person want to talk do they not want to talk you know how did you build up your clientele so when you you know when you move from salon to salon they go with you yeah so um one you obviously have to be talented mm -hmm. and i had quite the ego where i decided that if i was going to do this i was going to be really really good so i put the time in you know i went to the hair shows i saved up money i did one-on-one -on -one classes with the best hairdressers that i had heard of and stuff like that um so quality really helps you retain a clientele but you do have to connect with people for me it's not hard to talk you know mm -hmm. I can I probably talk in my sleep who knows but <laughs> I'm comfortable I think it's if you're comfortable in your own skin then conversation isn't awkward for people you know so I just you you eventually learn how to read people's body language mm -hmm. and you can tell like you know oh, okay you're in a stinky mood today let's make you laugh right. you know and enjoy yourself because everybody feels better when they look better sure. it's just a fact um, so I think connecting with people, talking to them and having something in common, or even if not respecting the differences and trying to learn from them, you know, um, so for me, it's not hard to connect with people. And, and, uh, how long did it take to start getting the clientele built up where people were actually coming in and specifically asking for you? Mm, not long, That's actually good. not long, but it is, it's a hard road for a lot of people because, they don't, you know, they lack confidence and, you know, I've always been pretty confident. 
and it's not a job for an introvert. You actually have to be able to be kind of like an, yeah. an extrovert to be able to, like you said, connect on people and just talk to complete strangers. Yeah. Now, are people. there any customers, any clientele that you had when you first started that still come to you? Yeah. That's pretty I actually, cool. Yeah. I have, I have quite a few that have stuck with me throughout all these years. I have one client that was my former boss at uh, Hair That Rocks, mm-hmm. his client. And when I went to hair school, she came over there, and she's never left me. <laughs> so That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have a lot that have been with me since the early, early days, which is great because loyalty to me is everything. It's sure. respectable. Absolutely. You know? I, I appreciate it. So that's that's pretty awesome. The, and I know I, I know that uh, you know every time I, I call when you were working at your other place, you know I would try to come by and visit, and I was like, "Would well, you work today?" Nope, I only work this day and this day, kind of like what my schedule is, but <laughs> yeah. it's opposite. So I know that uh, you know your time is important to you. Yes. Um, so you've been doing this for let's say twenty five years. Yeah, almost. Yeah, twenty five years. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the downsides to the business? There's, there's not many, but the downsides are the downsides. Like you don't get benefits. Mm -hmm. So you pay for your own health insurance, which right now is very expensive. expensive. Yeah. So that kind of um, gets in the way of a lot of things. You don't have like a plan for retirement and that gets scary as you get older because put your own money away into something. Yeah. And you know, the, the unfortunate thing when it comes to that is we get paid on commission Commission only. So you never have a steady paycheck. Right. And there's slower months, you know, like the summer slows down a little bit. And then January, mid-February is pretty slow because everybody gets their hair done for the holidays. Right. So you really have to learn how to be responsible with your money, which is a hard thing to learn. Sure. They definitely need to teach that in school. <laughs> and that's something that would be a decent suggestion. I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to deviate a little bit, but I know I recently went to a Votec school with my daughter. It was part of a field trip with their school, and, and she she put in that uh, there was three things that she could go look at, and it was like uh, videography and photography. Um, there was something else I couldn't remember, and the other one was cosmetology, and I'm kind of looking at it, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, but we sat in on that, and that was the only Votech uh, class that you actually had to front money for. It was like five hundred dollars because you had to pay for your book and all your stuff in order to take that Votech class. So I know it's not cheap. No. Um, so if that you know, there's a lot of things that probably in in business that you know kind of you go to school and they oh, well they never told me that. So right. those are probably some things that. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, hey, if any teachers are out there that teach cosmetology or go to that, you know, you need to throw some of that stuff out there. Let them know that there's ups and downs. Same thing with the fire department. We don't just tell you the great stuff, but there's bad stuff too. Sure. Um, so, so obviously you got to plan for your own retirement because, you know, so you either have to have a 401k or your IRA or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then... With an inconsistent paycheck. Right. So you can only yeah. put a certain amount you in. Only, yeah. So it's that's difficult. And right. And you always, I mean... There's only so many years you can go without back pain, and then all right. of a sudden your lower back it takes a toll on your body. I actually got I have scoliosis, and the chiropractor said that it was from the way that I stand when I do hair. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times, you know, people don't realize that it's really hard on our bodies, and that part is the real downside. Also, another thing that you know drives every hairdresser crazy (laughs) is that people constantly want you to do their hair for less than what you charge not realizing how much money you've spent to get good Mm -hmm. at what you do and how much our tools cost us like shears scissors can cost up to three thousand five thousand dollars like you know our our supplies are not cheap. Right. And it costs us a lot of money. Kind of like teachers mm-hmm. where it, you know, a lot of times they have to spend their own money. Same kind of thing. So it's, it's you know, a lot of times you feel a lack of respect from people. They just think, oh, yeah, you're, you're just, you know, you're the help kind right. of thing. So that part sucks. But for the most part, people really appreciate that you make them look better and you make them feel better. And stuff like that, but those are the downsides. And I, I know that uh, you know 
you charge it. My wife and I have this conversation all the time. Is I can go in and get my hair cut and it's twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. My wife goes and gets her hair cut and it's like eighty dollars. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what in the absolute hell is going on here? It's hair. But I I know that you know all if if you want a good hair if you want your hair cut, you can go to you know these hair places and I'm not going to throw out names, but uh, where where people are just starting to their first job or whatever and you yeah. can get that borderline mediocre haircut and, <laughs> yeah. and if you're happy with it that's all you and you pay not a lot but if you want something that's good you got to pay for the talent yeah um the quality it is almost like an art you know and, and anybody that knows that has had their mom cut their hair with the same <laughs> scissor they used to cut the poop out of the dog fur <laughs> yeah. you know on your hair to quote a comedian um you know you you pay for the quality and and uh i know when i get my hair cut i actually watch um the, all the things that the lady that cuts my hair, you know, and there's all different kinds of scissors and shears and all that, and that's stuff that they own. Yeah. Um, we have to buy it ourselves. And, and you got to keep it maintained. Obviously, yeah. you can't have uh, dirty scissors, and I know, or dull scissors. Yeah, you got to sharpen. Yeah, so, you, so you're paying for all that yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are downsides. So you people that are out there that it's like, well, you charge, you know, $100 for a good haircut. Well, you know, you're paying for all the time and effort that these people have put into their talent and give you the best haircut. When you walk away and go, wow, that's a pretty damn good haircut. It's kind of like a $5 shake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's also, you know what, people also, they, they give you a little bit of shit when you raise your prices. Mm-hmm. But that is the only way that we get a raise. And when I ask people, well, would you ever work at a job that you didn't get a raise? And they say, no, of course not. I'm like, well, this is how I get my raise. Right. So, you know. So people out so, there understand that she's yeah. getting paid on commission. She's not getting a salary. Um, if she was getting a salary, then everybody would try to be a, a hairdresser. And, yeah, and wouldn't you, be you so ru- hard. Exactly. Well, you run into the problem where if everybody's a hairdresser, not everybody's good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the people that own the businesses that hire the people that do, and I don't know if the hairdresser is the right word, but um, that hire the people that cut hair and do the coloring and all that stuff, um, they try to hire the best because this is their business. And exactly. if you hire crap, you're not going to be in business for very long. No. So not to harp on the downsides, but what are the upsides? And I know there's a lot of upsides to the business. The upsides <clears throat> are you get to interact with people. So it really helps you have a wider perspective. Um, and you learn a lot about people and you realize that, you know, you become compassionate and empathetic. When I started, I was cold as ice, <laughs> you know, and I didn't have a heart for anything. And now, you know, your client cries about something, you cry with them. And you, you know, um, for me, one of the things that really bothers me the most is when somebody doesn't like the way that they look and they feel insecure or people have made fun of them for a certain thing and they take it to heart and it kind of destroys a little piece of them um that bothers me to no end so i try and build the confidence back up right and um, make them feel good about themselves and realize that you don't need anybody else's validation ever in this world um so that's also how you connect with people. You know, you get really into the deep stuff. People love to tell me things that I have no business knowing. That's, that's exactly where I was getting ready to go with the next question is, yeah. you know, when you start talking to somebody and you make them feel at ease, and then all of a sudden they start telling you all kinds of stuff, you know, like, oh, yeah. mother-in-law is a bitch and, you, yeah. know, you know, whatever. You start hearing stuff it's like, TMI. Yeah. But you don't want to cut them off, you know, because – you're making that connection or they feel the fact that they feel comfortable enough to tell you stuff and saying, you know what, maybe I shouldn't know this about you, but yeah, have at it, bro. You know? Yeah. Well, sometimes they tell me things that they should not be doing. And right. I say, you know what? That's really uncool. Right. So check your ego. Sure. Well, you've always been good at uh, calling bullshit. On oh people. yeah. <laughs> You're I, good at that. I am a queen of calling someone out. <laughs> <clears throat> so what else? I know, I know that, uh, you know, you you get to connect with people what else i mean i know when you for the company i know when you work for people you know your bosses some bosses can be asshats and some actually can be good so so what are some of the good things the upsides of of some of the bosses and the people and things like that your co-workers and things like that um well right now my current salon my boss is the best because you know we're the same age and we have a lot of similar 
similarities. Like when I first came to interview with her, she said, oh, I'm closing the salon early today because I'm going to a Slayer concert. I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> you are my type of chick. Right. Um, and she just pranks me all the time, all the time. She just pranks me. I'm like outright funny and she's stealth funny. Right. You know, like I'll just get in your face and clown you and we'll all laugh and stuff. But she just she's behind the scenes like um, she crank, she left me a note saying that I needed to return a call for a men's haircut. And I was busy all day and I never got around to it. And then finally, at the end of the day, I said, OK, I have a minute. She's like, call him back and answer his questions. So I didn't pay much attention because I didn't know that she was about to make a complete ass of me. Um, so I call and it turns out uh, I don't know. I gave this person a fancy last name, even though it wasn't. Um, I thought I was returning a phone call for Mr. Paul Barrer, but it was Paul Bearer to a funeral home. <laughs> and I look up, and she is giggling like a two-year-old, and I thought, oh, you mother. Mm. <laughs> so I hang up. I said, okay, okay, I see. I see. You want It's on now. So you knew it was a good fit at that point. I knew it was a good fit. And then a couple days later, I opened my drawer to get my comb out, and there was a fake rubber cockroach in there right. and I was like oh because I'm not afraid of bugs right. so but yeah she pranks me all day long That's all day cute. every day it's pretty funny so and the co-workers that you work with now pretty good oh they're the best that's good they really are it's you know this is a tight it's a tight family and it was a quick tight family right. but it's built on we all respect each other and we all like each other's differences and support right and we all have the same kind of vision to be very successful. Now, do you guys hang out afterwards? Like when you get off, you go to oh, yeah. get something to eat or whatever? Yeah. So the boss just decided, she said, I'm going to make an executive decision. We're going to work up till the 3rd of July. And as the 4th, we're shutting down the salon and we're all going to the beach. So we went to the beach all and together. I, and, I, and I saw those pictures. Yeah. I did see those pictures. Well, that's kind of cool that you have a boss that, you know, well, first of all, that, that she owns her own business and that, that yeah. uh, she approaches it as that you guys are her, not only her coworkers, but it sounds like she would treat you as an equal. Um, yeah. As in like, you know what, you're you're my family and without you do working well, I don't have money coming in right. to pay the bills. Um so, kind of coming off of that a little bit, have you ever thought about opening your own store? You're like, you know what, I just don't like the business end of that crap. I'd rather just be an employee. Or have you ever thought about? Yeah, when I was when I was younger, I said, by the time I'm 20, I'm going to own my own salon. And then you started to realize all the stuff that it takes to own a salon, right? And Dealing with hairdressers can be difficult because there's a lot of, you know, some egos of them are competitive. Oh, the egos are off the charts with some of them, not everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's no egos here. We all know we're good. There's no there's no need for that, you right. know. Um, but there's a lot of drama and, you know, hairdressers are... Um, we, have a, we have a reputation for being crazy, even though we're not. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, some people are, but, right. you know, that's in any profession. But anyway, um, I forgot the question. About <laughs> <laughs> opening your own salon, have you ever thought about Oh, opening my own salon, yeah. So now after dealing with people and you see all the ups and downs and the personalities and the one, you know, the moodiness and the, the egos and all this stuff, and I thought, Jesus Christ, no. Like, <laughs> I'd fire everyone. Right. So I decided that I just like the employee side of it. Because also, you know, when you're an owner, you never, it's always on your mind. Me, I walk out of the salon, I forget I have a job, and right. I go act like an idiot for, you know, my days off, and then I come back and get myself together and back to work. Right. And so there's a freedom to it that I like. I don't like the whole feeling of being tied down and, you know, here you are, right. and this is all you're going to be. That causes severe panic. <laughs> right. I know, you know, with, with my wife, you know, she's, she's a hospice nurse. And I know that uh, she's really good at the patient care aspect and the family care being a hospice of, with uh, it's it's a whole thing. And she's got a lot of great ideas in order to make the the business side work really well. I mean, and it is uh, a business, not that she would own it. It's part of the hospital. And I tell her, I said, well, why don't you go and you know do management stuff? She goes. 
I like patient care. I like the bedside stuff. And and once you're a manager, you don't really do that patient care. So it probably would be the same as as an owner is that you would still cut hair, but on more of a limited basis as opposed to doing what you're doing. So then you don't get to connect with the people or, you know, like in the trenches or whatever of, of, uh, having your clients or whatever, you, you would have to more business and less, you know, of the hair thing. And, and uh, is that kind of what way you look at it as well is that you don't get yeah. to do what your passion was? Um, there's that. And then it's also <clears throat> like, you know, you, your free time gets taken away and I am all about big, free time. I'm all about free time because you need it. Right. When you deal with people all day, every day, as you know, it can be mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that time to like regroup and, you know, relax and d- shake off the energy sure. of other people. I always say that the job wouldn't be that bad if it wasn't for all the people. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, and, and that's, and that's, you know, with, you know, the, the difference between management, owning your own business versus being able to work for somebody and then have the freedom the, the moment you walk out the door is like, I'm off. Yep. You know, and Bye. then having to balance the books <laughs> and deal with accountants and money and paying people and all that stuff. Yeah. So let's uh, let move forward a little bit. And, and I know, because I've known you for a long time, you've got a, a, an ass ton of funny stories. So I know you had the one story where calling uh, Paul Beret. <clears throat> What's some of the other funny stories that you had and, 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 uh, Things that uh, that stick out in your mind, things that you've done, and then and then you know with clients and just in general in life. Well, as you know, I'm very funny, mm-hmm. and I'm all, about, <laughs> I'm all about the practical jokes, right? But I think more than like totally just messing with somebody on a on that type of level, like she got me. I like to scare the shit out of people. Right. I will hide in the crevices of things and jump out. And she said that that's why she started doing that to me was because, you know, here I come sneaking up behind you. You don't even hear me coming. And then I death metal scream right in your face and scare the shit out of you. Not while she's got scissors in her hand cutting someone's... No, 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 no. <laughs> not that. But any other chance that I got, you know, like I hide outside of the bathroom. They open the door thinking that they're safe. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, good thing I just went <laughs> you know i'm sneaky like that right i like to come like I'll, I'll hide on the floor and like grab your ankle and just you know right stupid shit like that now <laughs> i want to i want to go into your personal life you've got uh i know you have pets because i see them all the time on instagram and oh, facebook yeah. you don't do twitter i'm gonna have to get you on twitter I do Twitter a lot. I kind of feel like that's that should be named Twatter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so tell me a little bit about your cats, and you've got some other animals that that you if people that don't follow Tracy, you're, you're missing out because she's got some <laughs> other animals that she has trained. So. Yeah, I think they trained me. Right. Yeah. So I have three cats. One is Alvin, and he is like the rock star because everybody who comes in my house is like, "Oh my god, he's twenty five pounds. Mm-hmm. He's a big fat cat, right. but he is an attention whore to the end. Right. And he's everybody's best friend. Um, he was actually a stray cat that I picked up when I lived in L.A. He kind of chose me, and I told him, "No, no, I already have a cat. You can't live here." It took me about a day and a half, and then I was like, "Okay, okay. yeah." <laughs> That and. sounds familiar because we have two cats and then three tr- three strays. Yeah, at our house. Yeah, they, when they <clears throat> choose you, you can't say no. Right, you just can't. So I have I have him, and then I have two girls that are half Bengals. One is Jet, one is Joplin. Mm-hmm. I think we all know who they're named exactly. after. Exactly. And then the real highlight here is Shirley the squirrel. Right. <laughs> so. About a year ago, I noticed this black squirrel out in my yard and had raw nipples. So I said, oh, she must be a mom. So I started throwing peanuts out to her. Well, one day I had the door open for the cats to go on the patio and I was washing dishes. And when I finished, I turned around. This black squirrel is standing in my kitchen, scared the shit out of me. I was like, what are you doing? You can't be in my house. And she was basically like, yo. Give me some peanuts. <laughs> you started this. <laughs> yeah. So I gave her some peanuts, and then she left. And then when she finished those, she came back in. So now, big Alvin, he's older, so he has some stairs that uh, he uses to get up onto the couch. And next to that is my coffee table. So I just put a pile of nuts on the coffee table, 
open the door a little bit and she just comes in and gets her nuts and then leaves and then she I guess got a boyfriend because he started coming in and you can tell the difference because male squirrels have huge nuts <laughs> they really do nobody right. believes me nope. until they notice right I'm like just take a peek huge <laughs> TMI, right? Right. So that's that's her boyfriend, Sammy the squirrel. Right. And uh, I think they had some some more kids. Now I have just about I don't even know how many squirrels in my backyard, but only the black ones come into the house, and then all the gray ones just kind of stand at the door and wait. And so I have at least twenty. I have three chipmunks mm -hmm. and a slew of uh, blue jays that come and they eat the peanuts and. I need a second job just to, to support pay the animals. for yeah to support the animals. <laughs> Maybe you need a raise. <laughs> I know I need a raise. Yeah, surely she needs her peanuts. <laughs> the um, so moving on through uh, your personal life. Um, like I said, I've known you for a while, and, and you know, off microphone we talked about your health, some health scare that you had. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to talk about that, you know, I, I remember vividly cause I was actually, I was there, um, you know, when you were kind of going through a lot of that stuff. So, and you came to the hospital, I did come to the hospital. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had a, a, a pap smear and I found out that I had cervical cancer mm -hmm. and, that shocked me to no end as, as it anybody, anybody who's hears the words hey you have cancer <clears throat> you know um, lucky for me it was a very slow moving cancer and it was caught right at the beginning stage so um, I always thought because I'm like terrified of needles hospitals doctors and all that I thought I would just get a pass throughout my whole life to never have to be in the hospital right so I think the fact that I had to be in the hospital scared me more than, the, than they told me that I had cancer. Um, but it was actually, it ended up being about as quick and easy as it could possibly be, um, which helped me get over my fears big time. Um, I just, I was, here, here, here's one of the benefits of being a hairdresser is connecting with people again, right? So one of my clients happens to be a top plastic surgeon in the area and she's a woman so when I got diagnosed with that for some reason I felt the need to call her and tell her and kind of get her opinion and she told me that I the the lady who found the cancer immediately wanted to give me a hysterectomy and I thought oh my gosh I'm not even 40 years old yet right. what is that you know that was shocking there was a whole bunch that shocked me that day so I called her and she said you know that seems aggressive I want you to see this other doctor and Turns out he's a top doctor, and he his profession is uh, gynecology oncology down at Sibley Hospital. And he did not want to be so aggressive, and he told me, you know, hey, listen, what you you don't want to do the hysterectomy. You want to do this other surgery first. Turns out the reason he wanted to do that surgery first is because in that type of surgery you test. And you find out if the cancer is invasive. And if it's invasive, you need to take out more than what she had planned. She wanted to do a partial hysterectomy. So I would have had to, if it was invasive, Couple I would surgeries. have had, yeah, yeah, I would have had to. Well, I don't, I don't think that when she did that, that she, that they test for that. Right. Um, so he did that. And he got clean margins, and I've been fine ever since. I've had to have a couple biopsies and a few abnormal stuff like that. But um, it really clued me into you really have to be your own advocate, you know, because one wrong move. A uh, couple years ago, I was on Facebook, and I saw that this girl that I knew, um, who I used to hang out with, had died. She was about four years younger than me. It turns out she had had cervical cancer. They gave her the partial hysterectomy, and they told her she was fine. And a year later, she has invasive cancer that went throughout her whole body. She died. Mm. Four years younger than me. Right. And that was like three days before I went for another checkup. So that caused me extreme panic and anxiety. Right. Um, but, you know, you believe the doctor. You trust the doctor. And... They, they're not always right. And that's like my wife says. That's why they yeah. call it practicing medicine. Yeah. They haven't gotten it down yet. Yeah. But being your own advocate and, and getting that second opinion and knowing people. Knowing the right people. <clears throat> right. 
put I you mean, put you in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I I can't even tell you how many hookups I've gotten in this world from just my clients. Right, and and I know that uh, you know you've had clean bill of health ever since. Yeah, and I think the last time you put on there is that you you you'd gone for your checkup and was clean. I think I posted that you you kicked cancer in the crotch, <laughs> literally right in the badge. <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> yeah, we're happy that, that that went well. And I know yeah. I know that that's when I met your mom. Actually, it was when you were at Sibley Hospital for your initial uh, surgery. Yeah. And the funny thing was is that, you know, your mom's like, well, why don't you go back? I said, well, it's your daughter. Why don't you go back first, <laughs> and then I'll go back. And you were still a little loopy, and it was like, hey, you might want to pull the sheet up. <laughs> you don't have anything on up top. Pull the sheet up a little bit. But uh, Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. I remember the lady woke me up from my – and, you know, when you get told you have cancer, you don't sleep right. very well. <clears throat> and so you they give you that stuff to knock you out for the right. surgery, right? You, you are getting the best sleep of your life. And right. the lady was like – waking me up she's like time to get up tracy tracy i was like i just remember going shh sleeping she was like no you have to get up i was like shh, sleeping sleeping shh. and i was so mad that she woke me up because i finally got to sleep right but that was it's i mean in hindsight it's all pretty funny right and i'm at pretty the, lucky at the time it was pretty scary at the time i was scared to death right scared to death but you had good friends and you had uh you know good good clients that had known a lot of good doctors which is uh yeah you know being in the washington metropolitan area some of the top doctors in the world yeah and uh luckily you know the sibley hospital is literally a stone's throw from where you live so uh yeah. you didn't have to travel too far to get the great great treatment no. so and i had a lot of support a lot of support indeed and yeah uh, and you're still here today Woo-hoo. so if anything People, ladies that are listening out there, please get your checkups, um, breast yeah. exams, uh, pap smears every year. Get that done because uh, cervical cancer is one of those cancers like pancreatic cancer. Once you find out that something's wrong, it's late. It's too late. Once mm-hmm. you feel the pain, it's usually too late. So yeah, get those screenings. Um, get them. So to get off of this bummer type of, of conversation here, um, you lived in L.A., and this is where I want to transition into, into some of the uh, the really cool stuff that, uh, you know, that, that I didn't know about you until probably six months after I met you of, of some of the connections that you have. And this is how we, I found out that we were on the same path of, of music, and not too many people in the fire service were on the same path of music that I like. Um, and the guys that know me know I listen to, to my music all morning long while I'm doing my stuff. And uh, we kind of traveled in the same circles of music, not the same circles of people. So tell me some of it about some of the characters, some of the people, and some of them are famous uh, that you know, friendly-wise, that you cut hair for, and some of the things that you've done. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we probably were at the same shows probably. a lot. You know, I had a fake ID since I was 15. I'll never forget one of them said I was like a 39-year-old bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> the, the doorman at Hammerjacks did not care. Yeah, he was like, whatever. Yeah, he was he, like, yeah, He yeah. doesn't get paid enough yeah. to give a crap. <laughs> he could care less. And I was like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> so um, at Hammerjacks, there were always, always. Uh, right before they made it big, these musicians always came to Hammerjacks, which was cool because well, you keep close to them. Yeah, but even after they made it big. They came back. Like, I remember Kiss played there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and Poison played there yep. after they were huge. And, uh, yeah, extreme. Extreme, yeah. Kicks, obviously, that's their home turf. Oh, yeah. And Danger Danger I saw there. And like I said, we yeah. probably traveled in the same circle. I saw Guar there. I don't know if you ever saw Guar. They were the shit. <laughs> I saw Guar um, at Ram's Head in Baltimore. Right. And uh, that's when I Not found out. Not my kind of music, but the no. theatrics was pretty it was worth the, the yeah. ticket. <laughs> I fe- well, I found out then that even men get cellulite on their ass. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, With wow. all the costumes that they yeah. wear. <laughs> I didn't, it, the hair covered a lot of it, but right. you can still see didn't the cover cheese. cover the bottom part. That's right. <laughs> so, so Hammerjacks is one of the places that we came. So, so yeah. And then, how, you know, I know you have some friends, personal friends, as well yeah. as, uh, you know, musicians that yeah. are personal friends. So I, I would just go to concerts a lot because I was a music appreciationist like you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow or another, the guys in the band always came over to talk to me. And, you know, usually just to try and get my pants. But when they found out that that wasn't happening, they actually thought, hey, this so, chick's pretty funny. So what, what else do you do besides <laughs> not letting me score? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pretty upfront on uh, on that level. You know, I'm just like, look. I'm not sleeping with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't happening, homie. Um, 
you make that pretty clear right up front. But then, of course, you know, they, they think that they can change your mind. Sure, because they're they, men. Yeah. Because we're men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, women do it to men, right. too. But, yeah, so they find out, you know, that's not the case. But they actually enjoy the conversation with me. So, um, you know, a lot of people, they would do anything to meet famous people. And for some reason, for me, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they they kind of come over to me. Um, something about that, I guess, maybe I make them feel safe because I'm not like, oh, my god. You're like, dude, I don't care who you yeah. are, what circle you're You're just a yeah, human. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you're cool, we're cool. If you're right. a dick, then challenge yeah. accepted. I can out-dick you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they love that. And they, So when I was... When I was 24, I met the guitar player for Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I met the whole band, but the guitar player asked me, he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a hairdresser. He said, oh, my God, I need my hair done. Will you do it? And I said, yeah, sure. So I did his hair, and when I finished, he says, holy shit, you're good. I said, (laughs) shit, yeah, (laughs) duh. So he lived in Philly at the time, and we just ended up becoming good friends. And uh, so he would come down, and I would do his hair, and then... When they would go on tour, he would he started flying me out, and then I started doing band or the whole band's hair, you know, Cinderella, and then whatever band was on tour with them, they say, "Oh wow, you're good. Will you do my hair?" So that kind of steamrolled into this whole lifestyle of uh, going on tour with rock bands and just having a blast, and uh, you know, we're all still great friends, and it's. I remember I was on the bus with Cece DeVille of Poison, Uh and uh, I looked at him and I said, you know, when I was 13 years old, staying up late watching Headbangers Ball, just so I could see you guys, (laughs) yeah, I said, when I was 13 years old, if I had any idea that one day, like, you and I would be friends, that I would know all these people that I just thought were the greatest things when I was a little kid, you know, that we would have each other's phone numbers that I would, you guys would actually pay me to hang out with you and stuff like that. I was like, I don't think I would have made it till 14. <laughs> and he said, yeah, but now that you know us, you couldn't care less, right? You, you don't give a shit. And I was like, well, no, but <laughs> the point is right. when I was a little kid, you guys were like gods to me. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's rare that you get to meet your childhood, the people that you just worshipped, right. in the limelight when you're a little kid. And now I know all of them. And right. we're all great friends and still stay in contact, whether they tour or not anymore. Right. You know, go visit. I've had a lot of them as guests at my house. Um, they all love my cat, Alvin. Uh, and I'll want to meet Shirley, right. the squirrel. Right. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, I know that uh, the guitar player from Cinderella, Jeff, was uh, was the only rock star that uh, that I ever got to sit down and talk to because it was one of those. Uh, my phone rings and you're like, "Hey," I'm like, "What's up? So, are you working?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Come on to the shop. I need you to meet somebody." And it's like nine o'clock at night. So I go over there, I walk in, I think the first thing I said, I looked at him and said, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I ended up with, with the whole, uh, I saw you guys at the Capitol Center back when it was around. And uh, it was Cinderella, Warrant, and Bullet Boys. No, Cinderella, Winger, and Bullet Boys. And uh, I said, I was like second row center. Uh, watching you guys play. I said, do you remember me? (laughs) And he looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy? I said, I'm just messing with you, man. But really cool down-to-earth guy. You know, the only rock star I ever got to met, and I was doing my best not to be like, you know, like the little blushing teenage girl. But uh, really cool down-to-earth guy. And uh, I remember him, I specifically remember him saying, like, hey, I'll be back in my want to get a pack of cigarettes. And he like left the store and walked up the street to the Shell station. And I'm thinking... If this was 1988, 19, he he wouldn't be able to do that, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, and uh, and I, you know, I follow you on Instagram. We're friends on Instagram. We're friends on Facebook. So I see all the people that are on there. And I know when you lived in L.A., <clears throat> I know you were really good friends with, with Faster Pussycat. Yeah, and, they were uh, my neighbors. I know that. Uh, <laughs> I remember specifically. I called you one day because I was watching Discovery Channel. And there was a show on there, and the guy was wearing a Faster Pussycat baseball cap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, that. And I called, and I'm like, uh, hey. I said, hey, there's a show on there, and this guy's constantly wearing a Faster Pussycat uh, hat. I said, do you think you can ask Tammy Down 
does he know this guy? And I think within 15 minutes, you sent me a picture back. You mean this guy? And there's a picture of Tammy with this guy in his living room during Christmas. Yeah. So obviously they were good friends. So I thought yeah. that was really kind of neat that uh, I was like, if he doesn't know who he is, this guy's promoting their band, you know? <laughs> so, so obviously he was friends with him. But uh, I know you've known the guys from Faster Pussycat forever. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you've got to meet a lot of people. And I know a couple, of, like you did the M3 Festival. I think it used to be called like the Monsters of Rock at, at Merriweather. No, no, it's M3. Was it's it always, always M3? M3, yeah. And I yeah. know you've always invited me, hey, you know, hey, I'm new, you want to come on out? Because I would always say, I will hold your, your haircut bag <laughs> and be your little bitch boy. <laughs> but it never worked out because I was always working. Um, but I know you, you said you just got back from, from the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yeah. And uh, that I, was I, a good time. I saw a lot of because I follow a lot of these bands that are still doing it from from uh, from the, uh, the, the I don't like to call them hair band, but from the 80s rock metal right. genre. I'm still following those guys. And I saw that they were actually there, that, that you were there. And I think this was the first time you got to go. You invited me yeah. a few years back, but you didn't get to go. Yeah. And I couldn't go. But uh, so how, how, what was that like? Well, tell, tell that story because you told me before we started recording how that all turned out and what ended up happening. Yeah. So um, all the people that kind of are in charge of that uh, cruise, there's one particular guy. He was the tour manager for Cinderella forever. He also was tour manager for Poison, tour manager for Saliva for a little while. You know, he's been in the business for a long time. Mm So he had this idea to do these cruises, and um, they do a few of them. They're doing, in October, they're doing the Mega Cruise, which is Megadeth, Anthrax, Testament, all these, like, really harsh, harsh um, heavy metal bands. Um, but this particular Monsters of Rock cruise, my friend, she did wardrobe for for everybody for starting with Cinderella. And actually, I met Aerosmith through her, um, which kind of... I, I was on the stage and I turned around and Joan Jett is standing behind me. I mean, I think I had like 15 anxiety attacks. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> nobody's in front of me except for Steven Tyler. Who, who? <laughs> for some trivia things, she's local for, to Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I live grew, here. So. Grew up in Wheaton-ish area. Oh, oh, Joan Jett. Joan yeah, Jett, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, <clears throat> um, so where was I? Oh, so this guy, so she did wardrobe. So she called me and said, hey... Why don't you come on the Mox- Monsters of Rock cruise? You'll be my plus one. And I said, okay, why not? So uh, she said, well, I'm going to, you know, do you want to do hair? We can set up a whole list and you can give me prices and stuff like that. And I was a little bit bummed about that, but I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll take anybody's money. I don't care. Right. So then uh, the the guy who put the, the cruise on calls me and says, really? you want to work? I thought you just wanted to come have fun. And I said, well, yeah, I wanted to, but you know, I was told bring my, bring my stuff. And he said, you know what? Don't bring your stuff. Just come and have fun. Just enjoy the cruise for once. And I was like, you mean I get to come and not do anything? He said, yeah. I was like, wow, this is a first. So the girl wanted a haircut still. So she ordered a cheap pair of scissors from Amazon. And uh, she was like, you can just cut my hands. I said, yeah, yeah, I got you. No big deal. You know, she has like four hairs. (laughs) Took me less than five minutes. And I was taking my time. (laughs) Charge her 150 bucks, right? (laughs) Well, she was like, she was like, what what do I owe you? I said, she's like, let me at least tip you. I said, "Uh, I'm getting a free cruise. That's very expensive. Pretty sure that's payment enough. (laughs) We're cool. Right. So I was standing in the production office and, you know, it's rock star after rock star after rock star coming in there. And uh, they decide, they tell the the guy, Eddie Trunk is the host. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had his whole crew, the three guys from that metal show. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Jim Florentine and Jameson. Yes. Don Jameson. Yes, yes. I met them all, but... Kind of watch that show a lot. I wish it was still in the air, hint. (laughs) (laughs) Although he's got a new show coming on Axiom, but anyway. Yeah, Axis is... uh, So, I'm standing in there, and uh, they tell the guy who runs the whole whole thing, says, Hey, Eddie Trunk wants to do an on-camera interview with you. And he looked at me with panic and fear in his eyes and said, Oh my God, you're going to have to do some hair. 
And I said, I got you. And it was just ironic that he was the one who told me not to do any hair, just to come on and have some fun. Right. <laughs> and then he was like, <gasps> you know, he hates being on camera. So I hooked him up. I right. did his hair and it was it was fun. But it was, you know, at first when I got on the on the boat, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. I can't believe like, you know, this is this is one of the benefits of of. You know, right. having the clientele that I have. And knowing people. And knowing people. I get to do a lot of really cool things. I get to travel a lot of really cool places. And I don't have to pay for it. Mm. I mean, you know, that's pretty amazing. I get to do a lot of stuff that most people would give their left nut for. Right. And uh, I just get to do it. It just gets handed to me. Um which I am grateful for. Sure. And believe me, you know, I'm not cocky about that. You worked hard for it. Yeah. So I get on this cruise ship and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what I did right in my life, but this is awesome. And uh, then we start to set off and take, take sail. And I look around and then I start to kind of like, oh God, what did I sign up for? This is kind of terrible when I'm looking around at the people on the boat. Because right. <laughs> you see this terrible hair from the 80s and you think, I've tried to reenact that for like uh, Halloween and stuff. And I cannot get my hair to look the way that I did in the 80s. But right. these people have a down pat, which means they never stopped. Right. <laughs> and so for me, being in the beauty industry, it's kind of a, a just, it was a nightmare. Um, but once I got over that and started interacting with people, it was a blast. I mean, I was just standing there um, and I turn around and there's the drummer for Def Leppard just hanging out with me right and i was like dude uh he was on he was on the boat because he actually is a painter right he does phenomenal work and i said oh my gosh i saw your paintings i had no idea you do great work and he said well thanks it keeps me off the corner i go funny that's where i go when i need an extra buck (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know of course we took a selfie um and i sent it to my sister because they had just played in hawaii and she went to the show did she go you bitch she was like oh you know <laughs> it's so funny because she she's gotten it's been a long time but you know she she'd experienced a little bit of you know coming to shows but she still lives in hawaii and right. i live here so it's hard to get her in right um but <clears throat> so yeah you're just you know the, the great thing about that cruise is that you're there's no limits like you can just go to the pool and then be laying in the chair next to the person that you idolize. Right. And, you know, these artists go on there knowing that that fully that they're interacting with all the crowd because there's no boundaries there. So um, it's a really cool thing, experience for fans. And you get to see people who are like, you know, train wrecks. Um, not to throw anybody under the bus, but the singer for London Choir Boys, he's hammered the right. whole time. Right. <laughs> and then, and then you get to find out that some people that you, that look like they'd be an asshole are actually really cool people. Um, I started to tell you, but I didn't tell you off off the microphone. You said you love Tesla. Mm-hmm. So the last night of the cruise, there was an artist party where that was closed off for about three hours where just the artists like appreciation you know and and everybody gets to interact and i got to be a part of that um and then after that they opened the gates and let the fans come in and participate too and they did karaoke there's karaoke every night and the place is jam-packed you know and all of a sudden tesla comes on the the radio within one minute Less than one minute of their song coming on, the singer jumps up onto the tables in front of everybody and starts singing along. With his own song. Of his own song. And the crowd went nuts. Mm. (laughs) But it's fun stuff like that. Like, people just, you know, you get to be silly and... It was really cool. I made friends with uh, the drummer for Extreme, who I had not met before. And now we're, we're pals. You know, and uh, so that was that was fun. It was a really fun cruise, and I will do that again. Yeah, I I I got to see Tesla. I mean, I've watched these guys from their very first album, listened to them, and I finally got to go actually see them live in Baltimore last year. And uh, we were walking in as they were just getting ready to go on, and uh, 
<clears throat> as we're coming through, you know, we're getting getting a beer and we go as we're getting ready to go sit down and I'm listening to it and I'm like, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. They're playing Tesla over the loudspeakers before the, the band comes on. I mean, that's what if that's the song they're going to play, you know, and I go out and, and that's them playing. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Jeff Keith, they sound like their album. Yeah, um, I mean, which is hard to oh do. Oh my god, it's like identical. And and uh, I actually I follow those guys on Instagram. And Brian Wheat comes on all the time, and he's doing live stuff all the time where you can throw questions at him. And uh, being being the fanboy, I, I sent I threw a question at him real quick, and I said, "Hey, really love the new album, Shock, and um, I listened to it like like an old like I was a kid, front to back. Uh, listen to it; it's on it's on my Spotify." And I said, I really appreciate you going back to the way it used to be. The, the album sound is phenomenal. And he's like, hey, man, thanks a lot. You know, he's on the air saying, hey, thanks a lot for tell, telling us the album's good. And I'm like, he just acknowledged me. <laughs> <laughs> I matter. I matter. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just hearing those guys. And, and, and they were playing with uh, with Poison, who I've seen a handful of times. And Def Leppard was the first time I saw them. And, uh, you know, I know the guys from Def Leppard are older. But, you know, Joe Elliott still sounds really good, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he doesn't hit high notes like he used to. But, uh he sounds really good. Just being able to go back and listen to those bands that I grew up with, the, the MTV era and the Headbangers Ball, that, and being able to hear them play the music is, is really good. And, and uh, one of the things, and I want to go on one of my little tangents, is I've been a subscriber to XM Radio forever because uh, I hate commercials. And I listen to uh, Hair Nation all the time. And what pisses me off is that all these bands that are out there from the 80s have all this new music out there. If it still sounds like the stuff from the 80s, and they won't play it. It pisses me off. And there's no place you can go to listen to it other than, you know, download the stuff off of Spotify and whatever. So if anybody from XM is listening, put, put a station out there. If it's, you know, it could be Hair Nation now or Hair Nation present or whatever to play these guys because the music that they're doing the new stuff is awesome yeah so that's that's my soapbox and I'll, I'll get off it but <laughs> I think it's really cool I like watching all the stuff that you every time you post a new picture you know you post a lot of pictures of the haircuts that you do and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I'm not going to give you your, your spot your um, your um, Instagram name because I don't want you to be inundated with people following you but uh, you know the the Pictures that you post up, I, I look at all the stuff and, and see all the hairdos that you do, and you're doing really well. Um, and then all the rock stars that you get to hang out with, and I'm looking at, oh my god, that's so and so, oh my god, that's so and so. And I was like, hey, who was that that was in that picture? Oh, those are those guys. And, and uh, you, you know right away that it's a rock star you're hanging out with, and not just some schmo. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you can just kind of tell. Yeah. But um, so, what. And to, to wrap this up a little bit, I know uh, when my wife had long hair, she would. We're going to talk a little bit about charity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to have really long hair, and she would get it cut, and she would do wigs for kids and things like that. Do you participate in anything like that? Does your salon do any type of charity or do stuff charity-wise for any organization, or do you personally? Um, we we don't do anything like that, but we always do fundraisers and things like that. Uh, the salon that I was previously at, one of the girls would go out and cut hair for the homeless and stuff. And she started at a woman's shelter. Mm -hmm. So she had a lot of drives and I would just go through my closet a couple times a year and just empty out a ton of stuff and give it to her just to, you know, give to these women that leave these horrible situations and try and start over. So, um, I do a lot of stuff like that. I obviously give a lot to animal (laughs) stuff because I love them. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just did a food drive here, um, at this salon now, just, uh, last week for the children of Montgomery County who actually can't afford to eat, um, on the weekends and which is surprising because this is a very wealthy county, extremely wealthy, county. extremely wealthy county. And you still have a lot of people that just can't afford to make ends meet. Right. And, um, and you know, that's unfortunate because we've all been hungry before, but you know, I, I can afford to, when I get hangry, mm-hmm. go get some food right. and it's at just, least some peanuts, at least some peanuts. <laughs> I'm sure he has to share. That's right. But, uh, so we do a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, basically, like, you know, you guys 
the firemen have a lot of fundraisers and stuff. And, yeah. you know, every time you guys do fill the booth, mm-hmm. I make sure to donate money for that. All the change and, out of your ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always give, like, at least no, 20 bucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, you know, so I just, I don't, I don't really, like, start anything on my own. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we are definitely charitable people. I remember a couple of years ago, I said, boy, I'll tell you what, everybody keeps asking me for money for their uh, charity. When's somebody going to donate to the Tracy Nauman Fund? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to travel. <laughs> right. If uh, somebody were to come in, does, like, which wigs for kids is still around, like that type of thing, right, where they donate their hair for cancer or kids with cancer and things like that? Is that still an organization? I don't know. Okay. Um, I do know that that there are a lot out there. Even Pantene will take. Uh, hair now so basically what we do for that is you know you pay for a haircut we don't cut it off for right. free right i got anything. you yeah but uh we cut it off we hand you the hair and then it's your responsibility to take to, care of to it to send it to them yeah, yeah I, know, I know cindy's done that a couple of times where they yeah, cut the has. hair and they have an envelope and stuff like that yeah so. and that's really a phenomenal thing for people yeah. to do because you're helping out somebody who especially the kids yeah i mean Anything is devastating. Anybody having to go through something that traumatic and put those kind of chemicals in your body, you know, any type of kindness is so welcomed. And I didn't know that until my experience, right. you know. Um, kindness is really the best thing that you can give people. Pay it forward. Big yeah, time. because you never know. You never know. So here's your opportunity. You can plug your new shop if you want to, or if you don't want to, that's fine too. Oh, sure. Because I'm sure your, your owners won't mind. No. Of the dozens and dozens of people that listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm at One Glance Salon in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And uh, my my one owner, Danielle Caldwell, she's phenomenally cool. She's tattooed from her neck to her toes. She is a phenomenal hairdresser. She goes to London and trades with uh, Tony and Guy, which is huge. Um, And I've done one-on-one training with uh, Gerard Scarpassi. And we're all really talented here. And for me, you know, not only do I want you to look great, but I want you to have a great time while you're here. So, you know, we laugh. Right. We have a good time here. It's fun. It's fun to come get your hair done. It, it ain't cheap, but it's fun. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it costs a little bit to look good. Yeah, and you'll feel great. And you'll look good for a good amount of time, too. Awesome. It stays with you. Well, I appreciate you being on my show. And uh, um, like I said, I've known you forever, and I think what you do is really cool. Thank um, you. You've given me a couple of haircuts in the past. I try never to take advantage of that. But it's like, sit down. I'm going to cut your hair. It looks like shit right now. <laughs> and uh, But uh, I appreciate uh how you approach your job and how passionate you are at your job and you know with more people were more passionate about their job and, and do the best that they can do at whatever job they're doing whether it's your forever job or it's the job for here and now if you put forth 100 percent um it's going to show and yeah. uh, it, it pays forward as you go so again tracy thanks for being on the show thank you all right fun. until next month um i don't have no idea what the show is going to be when it comes to my head i'll say hey i'm going to track that person down and we'll talk about it so until then Thanks a lot. If you got any questions, you can send emails or, or comment directly on uh, Spotify or iTunes or from the Libsyn site. So on that, thanks, guys. See you.